Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement. Welcome into the podcast. It's the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover and myself to talk investing, finance, and retirement. And over the next two podcasts, we're going to do a dismantling of 2023's top Social Security myths. We've got uh, 10 total. We're going to do five on this episode, and we're going to do five on our next episode. So if you've not yet subscribed to the podcast, consider doing so. The Retirement Pilot is the name of the show, and you can find it on Apple or Google or Spotify. Just type it into the search box, find it that way, or stop by Steve's website at wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com. Lots of good tools, tips, and resources there uh, that you can check out. Um, there is a uh, services, a media, so it's right there under the media tab. Just check that out. There's radio, webinars, lots of good stuff. So go check that out again at wealthpartnerskc.com. Steve, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? Doing pretty good. You want to break down some Social Security myths for us this week? I'd appreciate sure, let's it. Let's get at it. Yeah, I got a, I got a few here. Some are pretty uh, nuanced. Some are pretty big ones that we're, you know, I think like any myth, right? It's something like a little nugget of information, and then it gets like distorted and kind of blown into, well, basically what makes it a myth or makes it like the not practical part, right? So let's dive in and see if you can break a few of these things down for us. Um, let's start with number one, the Social Security Administration, the folks there at the office, they'll help you make the best decision about when you should start your benefits. Now, there's a lot of stuff they can help you with, and they provide a lot of good information, but this isn't one of them. Correct. They will not make any because it's, it's your decision alone. So they'll give you the data, give you the information, and then it's up to you to make that decision. Yeah, I think they're actually legally not allowed to tell you, yeah, you should go ahead and turn this on at 62. That makes the most sense or whatever, right? Because they don't know yeah. your financial situation. I mean, it's not like they're a fiduciary. No, and they, they don't know. They don't know your full situation. They don't know your tax in information. They don't know your current income. They don't know your spouse's income. Right. They don't know expenses, et cetera. So it's best just to gather the information from them and then you sit down and make your own decision. Yeah, I mean, they, they can, again, provide you with a wealth of good stuff, but this isn't one they should be helping you with. Now, does it maybe happen where someone says something they shouldn't? Yeah, possibly, right? But you want to make sure you're, you know, you're double-checking. Just because they work at that office, you know, I don't know that I would necessarily run with that, right? I would certainly bounce that off a financial professional uh, before taking any action. So you want to make sure, yeah, you want to make sure that you're getting the, I guess the stats, the benefits and the options that are available to you, but don't make that decision just based on a recommendation they might give you. All That's right. right. Uh, myth number two, if you were a stay-at-home mom, you are not eligible for Social Security. I think, Steve, this one comes from the fact that if you're talking about like your own personal Social Security benefits or a spousal, right? There's a difference. You have to meet the criteria of working criteria to get your own. But if you never had a job and were stay-at-home mom, you could still get something if you were married. That's correct. You're entitled to a spousal benefit. And typically, that's half of what your spouse full retirement benefit is. So let's say you both are the same age and your one spouse decides to take their Social Security at, let's say, 67 uh, and it's 3000 a month. You as the spouse can get half of that or $1,500 a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like the same as the... Um when the one passes, right, it's the greater of the two. So like if you are eligible for your own, 
you know, and your spouse's the fifty percent is greater, then you don't get both. That's correct, and it's and and for Social Security, it's a use it or lose it. So if you don't take it, mm-hmm. you don't get any of it. So in other words, when you die, it goes away. And as you said, one check, the highest check stays, the lower one goes away. Mm-hmm. So if we've got 3000 for one spouse, 1500 for a spousal benefit, doesn't matter which spouse dies, that 1500 goes away. Yeah. Yeah. And again, so if you've never worked, uh, you can claim on your spouse's, uh, spouse's benefit. Now, if you, if you did, Steve, the requirements are what, 40 quarters, I think. So you have to do at least 10 years in order to have your own. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's correct. Uh, and so it maybe it was something where, like for a stay-at-home mom, maybe you worked a number of years, right? Uh, and you have enough to collect your own, but the spouse, you know, the half of the spouses is actually higher because you spent the rest of the years raising the kids. So, again, that's where you don't get both, right? So it's good information to know that, uh, you know, whether you worked or didn't work, there is, you know, there's different parameters that kind of have to fall into a line there. So That is correct. All right. That's correct. Myth number three, you won't pay taxes on Social Security since you already paid taxes on the money when you put it in the system. Well, this would be nice, but and once upon a time, this was true, but not anymore. No, it's not. And this is the one that slips people up. There are income limitations on whether or not your Social Security is going to be taxed. I'm not going to go into them because they can get confusing, but just know this. When you're receiving Social Security, the tax preparers will do a calculation called what's called provisional income. And if that provisional income exceeds a certain dollar figure, then either half of your social security benefit will be considered taxable income or 85% of your social security benefit will be considered as income. And quite frankly, it's pretty easy to get to the 50% level and it's beginning to become even easier to get to the 85% level. Yeah. Here's the one thing to keep in mind. They didn't really tax you on it. What they did was they took money out of your check and put it into the system that you ultimately will get it back. So technically, it really wasn't taxed. It was just taken from you and put into the system so that ultimately they would get it back to you. Yeah, you know, and and this I think this was in what 83, 84 cuz basically it was running out of money. So the the situation and we're going to get to this in a minute, the situation that people hear often right now Steve is that, you know, it's going broke again and yada yada. We're going to talk about that in, uh, on a myth here in just a minute. But uh they had a similar problem back in the mid 80s and they made some changes and that's one of this was one of the changes where they took it and they added this tax that was uh, under the Reagan administration. Uh, and that made a big difference, right? And there was a lot of things that they rolled out, uh, again, 83, 84, somewhere in there that really kind of helped, you know, the system along for the, what, the last almost 40 years. So, well, actually, actually you were correct on the, the 83 is when that went through 50%, but the 85% came about in 1993. Oh, okay. All right. That's when that came in, in 1993. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So again, but they still have made changes along the way, which did help it. Right. And so we're probably going to have to see those again, because myth number four is the the biggie, right? The one that everybody hears all the time. There's not going to be any social security left by the time you retire, you know, so it's, you know, it's dying, it's going to be dead. And while there's some truth to that, again, like, like most myths, I don't think any politician is going to just allow this to happen because it's political suicide. It's a political hot potato. And just like in the 80s, they wait, will wait until the last possible minute 
to, before they probably have to do something to make some adjustments. But adjustments are definitely coming. There's going to be changes to be made, but I don't believe it's just going to be taken away off the board completely. What's your thoughts? I totally agree. They're in the politician alive that's going to do that. What they are considering, and it's it's going through Congress right now, are a couple of things. Number one, they want to raise the full retirement age from 67 to 70. Now, that would in, entail people like my son, who's 26, or my daughter, who's 33. Right. They would just take it from 67 to, to 70. They're probably grandfather us who are over 50, is my guess, right? We've- yes. That's, that's essentially what they'll do. And what they usually do is they grandfather. They'll say, okay, if you were born from 1960 and before, your full retirement is 67. Right, right. Born 1973 and above, your retirement, uh, full retirement age is now 70. Yeah. So they they will probably do that. They may, on those who go to 70, they may even change the when you can claim your Social Security. Like the early, I, I heard, Steve, one option that's being considered, even if they just moved 62 and they either eliminated that to take it to 60, you know, like you had to just stop the whole early thing and you just have to wait till 66 or 67 or push it back two years to like 64 would add like another 100 years of funding to it, right? I mean, there's that's so right. many options that they have that they could easily do that would change things. But the problem is, is they're going to wait to the last second. They are, and they're going to do what's politically not going to kill them. <laughs> Best so, motivated at the time, right? Yeah. So that's kind of where they're at right now. I know the 70 is in play. That'll probably happen, which mm. kind of makes sense, you know, lo- uh, longevity. You got to remember that when Social Security was put in force back in 1935, right. people, for the most part, did not live to age 65. The life expectancy was right around 62, right. 61, 62. So they never had any idea this thing was going to become what it became. Well, and the sheer number of people too, right? I mean, we have way more people pumping, you know, paying in and and less people taking out back then, right? Now, like most things, we have the boomer generation, which is retiring, what, 10,000 a day, you know, or something like that, Steve. So, I mean, that's a heavy, it's a heavy load and we don't have nearly the workers putting in. So they do, again, they do have to make changes, but I just don't think the the myth of it's going to be gone is, is a little bit overblown. You show me one social program that the federal government has that they got rid of. There isn't one. There isn't one. <laughs> Once a, they started, there isn't that's one. That's a good point. That's a good point. So they will mess with it. Um, and, you know, the people who are going to be funded, it's it's the biggest Ponzi scheme ever uh, going on, as some people refer to it. But it's ours. Yeah. And it's what we have. <laughs> well, I mean, we look at it. look at France. Look what's happening there. Look at the young people rioting there just because they push in the pensioner program back to 64, two years. Right. Right. That's right. Uh, and so, you know, it's like it's you're 40 years away. What are you so upset about? Right. You know, it's so a same kind of thing. I mean, look at the RMD situation here. We, we've been with the Secure Act 2.0. They're moving some of the ages back. Right. So, I mean, I think they're, you know, we're living longer. To your point, we were never. It was never really designed to, to handle the workload that it's handling, based on the longevity of people. So they they kind of have to. Whether you want to be upset about it or not, it's another story. But they kind of have to because we're just living much longer than seventy now. That's correct. And as I said, the the program was never designed to do what it's doing. Yeah. And 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 you can't take enough money out to fund this thing. So you're going to have to push ages up and that's probably what they're going to that's, do. Yeah, it's likely for that's sure. That's the easiest thing they can do. And it's really not going to affect you or me, anybody age 50, it's probably not going to affect. Right. But it's going to affect your kids and maybe grandkids, but they're the ones that are slated to live into their nineties. It's true. So they kind of have to do that. So very good point. 
And that leads into myth number five, and we'll wrap it up for this podcast with the first five. And like I said, we'll do the second five on the next episode. Uh, but, uh, you know, you should claim Social Security as soon as you're eligible, Steve. And a lot of times this ties back into myth four, and then the caveat goes, well, because it's going to go broke and it's running out of money, right? So let me turn it on as soon as I can get it. And you and I have talked about this a number of times. If you need the money and it's part of your strategy and it makes the most sense to turn it on early, by all means. But you could be costing yourself if you turn it on early if it's not the best strategy, if you're simply doing it because you think that it's going broke. I would never advise anybody to get it because it's, quote, going broke. It will. Yes, it's already broke. (laughs) It's been broke, right. Okay. But are you going to get your benefit? Yes. They're not going to take those away from you. For the vast majority of most people, maybe Warren Buffett will give up his. I don't know. It's <laughs> like, does Oprah really need hers? You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so th- those ultra, but those people are, there are so few of them. Okay. Yeah. So the, the vast majority of us are going to get it no matter what, but you're, you, you have to, to know the numbers and how they fit into your plan. And the other part is there are limitations on, on if you take it early, for example, if you take it early at 62, you then have an income limitation, meaning you can only earn up to about $20,000 if you work a part-time job. And once you exceed that 20000 then they're going to start taking back part of your Social Security. Mm. It works like this. For every $2 you earn above that threshold, you lose $1 Social Security. Make it simple. You get a part-time job. You make forty grand a year. You're bringing in your Social Security because you took it at 62 or 63 or prior to your full retirement age. Okay. That's Mm -hmm. the key prior to your full retirement age, you will basically give it back to them. You will not be able to keep it. So you've got to, you got to understand that's one of the limitations that you have moving forward. Once you reach your full retirement age, you can earn as much as you want, but then they're going to tax it. Yeah. Yeah. Like we talked before, but the main thing is you you need to know the numbers. And if you take it at 62, you're going to take a 30% discount off of what you would get if you stay, if you waited until your full retirement age. 30%. Yeah. yeah. No, it's 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 worth having that strategy to make sure that it's the right move uh and not just doing it again just because you feel like, you know, they owe you or whatever, right? That's so, correct. Yeah. Yep. All right. So that's the that's the first five right there. So those are some of the biggies, five social security myths. And again, uh, we're going to do the next five on the next episode. So uh, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, the Retirement Pilot. You can find the information at wealthpartnerskc.com. That's Steve's website. A lot of good tools, tips, and resources at wealthpartnerskc.com. Or you can simply just type in the Retirement Pilot in the search box of whatever app you like to use, like Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, and he's been doing this for more than 25 years. So a great resource for you to tap into. So Steve, thanks for hanging out, breaking these next five and I look forward to uh, getting into the next five. Appreciate it, Mark. Thanks. Absolutely. We'll catch you next time here on the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.